Blog Talk Radio. Way down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions. So they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. You can't get cherry soda, cause they've got to fill that quota. And the way things are, I'll bet they never will. They've got a zillion tons of coffee in Brazil. No tea. Or tomato juice, you'll see No potato juice Cause the planners down in Santa's All say no, no, no The politician's daughter Was accused of drinking water And was fined the great big $50 bill They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil Like a percolator Her perfume was made right on the grill Why they could percolate the ocean in Brazil And when their ham and eggs need savor Coffee ketchup gives them flavor Coffee pickles way outsell the dill Why they put coffee in the coffee in Brazil No tea No tomato juice You'll see No potato juice The planters down in Santa's All say no, no, no So you add to the local color Serving coffee with a crawler Duncan doesn't take a lot of skill They've got an awful lot of coffee An awful lot of coffee Man, they got a gang of coffee In Brazil Oh, welcome everyone. Hi, buddy. This is hi, Joran. This is Joran. I am not talking tonight, right? <laughs> Julia. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. This is Jorianne, the Coffee Psychic. Tonight we've got a real fun show, and it's going to be on, on near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences. Um, I had been talking with somebody this week, one of my clients. And we just started chatting about psychic things. And she had said, oh, I've had a near-death experience. I was like, wow, I'd love to hear about it. So she was sharing it with me. And uh, it was really, you know, fascinating. So we're going to have this wonderful lady on. Her name is Tessa. We're going to have her on. And she's also had a lot of -of out-of-body experiences. So I'm really welcoming everyone out there. If you guys have had any kind of -of out-of-body experience, near-death experience, anything like that, please give us a call. This is a live call-in show, and the number is area code 347-633-9404. Again, that number is 347-633-9404. So I want to see if Julia is there. Julia, of course, is our wonderful producer. And uh, Julia, are you there? We'll wait one second. Sometimes she's on the line bringing callers in. Okay, so she must be busy. So what we will do is I'm going to see if our guest is ready here. And this uh, is should be Tessa. Tessa, are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for joining the show tonight. 
Thank you. Yes, yes. So I was sharing with the listeners that um, we were talking, and I had done a reading for you. I've, I've read you in the past. Yep. And uh, this last week we were talking about, you know, just psychic things, and you had said that you had had a near-death experience, and then, of course, that you've had a lot of out-of-body experiences as well. So, yeah. So I just want to go ahead and go to my wonderful book. I tell people about this book all the time. It's called The Donning International Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary. Oh. And I want to look up near-death experience here and see what how they define it. And uh, let's take a peek at what they how they call it. Near-death. N-E-A-R. Okay, I'm on the page before. Near-death experience. It states to be declared clinically dead and return to life remembering the experience of the life force leaving the physical body and the reason for returning. Although cases vary, the following similarities... The following are similarities. Similarities. Individual sees his or her physical body and the medical staff working on them. A microfilm of happenings of his or her present life passes swiftly by their eyes. Sees a tunnel with a bright light at the end of the uh, at the end and meets friends and relatives who speak and encourage him or her to return to return to Earth to finish their life. So, now, as we're talking about this, uh, Tessa, I know that, and I've shared my mother's experience also, um, I'm going to share my mom's experience somewhere along the way again, but she apparently had two near-death experiences because everything I just described happened to my mother, and she just shared it with me. Well, I'll just share it. She just shared it with me in a dream. You know, she said... I've got something weird I want to share with you. And I said, okay, Mom, what is that? And she goes, oh, never mind, it's too crazy. And I said, well, what is it, Mom? She said, well, you know I've had two heart attacks. And I said, I know that. And she goes, well, with each heart attack, she goes, I felt I had a dream, and I saw myself falling in this very strong currented river. And she said, on the other side of the river was my mother and grandmother with their hands reached reached out toward me saying, Isabella, come on, it's time. It's time. Come on with us. Come to the other side. And she said, no, no, they need me here. And she had the identical dream twice each time after having suffered a heart attack. And I just think on the the third one, she just didn't come back. That's what was going on for her. So that was my mom's experience. So, Tessa, you shared with me that you did have a near-death experience. So what was yours like? You know, what happened to you? Well, I uh, do have a heart issue, Um, uh, especially when I was younger. It's not nearly as prominent as it was when I was younger. But I ended up having a heart attack as well. Um, I was not in the hospital when I had mine, so my out-of-body experience was free pre-hospital visit. So um, basically what um, how it started is I had been really sick for a couple of days, um, and uh, I thought it was, you know, heartburn or, or something like that. I was 25 years old, and okay. um, at the time I had a very, very high-stress job. I trained forces, and I, I basically worked out for 12 hours a day. And wow. um so I exercised a lot, and I lived in Los Angeles. It was very hot. So I uh, I would get dehydrated, and um, that's basically what brought this on was I got severely dehydrated, and I never really came back from that, and my body started shutting down. So wow. Been, yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, I had been sick for a couple of days thinking, you know, I'm just, I'm just not feeling well, Um and I had actually stayed home from work. And for me to stay home from work is like, that's insane. I never stay home from work. And mm-hmm. uh, I was laying in bed. I was just sick and just uh, lethargic. And I was green. I was green. I, was, I wasn't I was getting enough oxygen to my body. And I just felt like crap. And mm-hmm. um, I finally just laid down in bed in the fetal position because it kind of relieved the pressure. It felt like 
somebody was sitting on my chest or an elephant was sitting on my chest. And I curled up in this fetal position, and um, I, like, shot out of my body. And um, the second, and it was like being on a roller coaster. So uh, that's kind of how I describe it when I left my body, This especially being the first time that I remember leaving my body. Um, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. like I was projected up um, at lightning speed up a... Uh, up on a roller coaster, and it was like G-forces. It was that thrill. But the second I left my body, was instantly out of pain. I had no pain. And um, and I literally remember as I left and I was shooting up, going, woohoo! You know, it was like instant, instant um, euphoria. And I was out of pain, and I felt great. And at that oh. point, I hadn't realized what was going on. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so that was when I left my body for the first time, and mm-hmm. I uh, it I feel like it happened yesterday. Still, every every moment of the experience I remember uh, like it was yesterday. And um, after I left my body and I felt that roller coaster woohoo thing, um, I kind of got projected or uh, sped into this um, white. Tube, and I kind of like became one with this white light. It was, it was, Beautiful. it was, uh, yeah, it was very, very enjoyable, and um, I was vibrating. It was like, it was like electricity running through my body, but a really good type of electricity. It felt great, and um, I was happy, and and I didn't want to go back. I I literally knew that I was never going to go back, and mm-hmm. um, I have no idea how long this was at that point it wasn't very long probably but as I was moving through this light um all of a sudden I was in front of this extremely old woman um in a purple cloak and Mm -hmm. um I I don't know how I got there and I don't know how long I was there but um Mm -hmm. she just it was she was just filled with love and you could just feel that that um, the energy and the vibration of love come for her, come from her into me, and she just mm-hmm. well she didn't say it she kind of uh, she thought it and I heard her say, um, you know you have to go back, you know we love you and we're happy you're here but you have to go back it's not your time and you know you have so you have more to accomplish in this lifetime, and I I remember saying no I'm not going back, and that wow. wasn't really was an option for me, um, and I remember knowing just instantly that her name was Gladys, and that I, I had never known a Gladys in my life at that point. And okay. um, and then all of a sudden, I was literally back in my body. I just dropped into my body, and I was back in pain, and I was hurting, and I was sick again. And um, uh, from there on out, I ended up going to the hospital, and you know they they diagnosed me with having a heart condition, and and from there, you know, I never really. It's not true. I did tell a friend of mine about the experience because I was kind of embarrassed. I was because it was so vivid. I thought, oh my uh-huh. gosh, I, I don't want to tell anybody. Everybody's gonna think I'm crazy. So I had confided <laughs> in uh, <laughs> a really good friend of mine, and uh, to this day, she knows the story and. She still reminds me about it. But now I'm much more open about it. But that's my Oh, I want to ask you, Tessa, I want to ask you now. You said that there was a woman that you saw in a purple cloak. And, you know, we love you. We're happy you're here. We're we're happy you're here, but you really have to go back. So um, I just want to ask you, you know, are, are you a Christian? Do you believe in God? Or are you pagan? Do you believe in goddess? At that time, I didn't believe in anything. I wasn't raised with a religion, um, and, you know, I had kind of had a crappy childhood, so I really wasn't educated with any particular um, style of religion. Um, And I probably, at that point, didn't even believe in God. Now, I will say, when I came back and I kind of realized what had just happened to me, it was several days before I really got to think about it. Because I, mm-hmm. I was kind of terrified. I didn't want to go to sleep anymore. I was terrified to go to sleep. And um, finally, I just kind of had this moment of, oh, my God, I actually 
I died. And, um, and, I, and as soon as I realized what actually had happened to me, and it, like I said, yeah. it was several days because I was so freaked out, um, that I, I instantly knew that my whole belief system changed. Uh, I knew there wow. was a God. I knew there were angels. I knew there was an afterlife. Because yeah. up until that point, I thought when you die, you're, you're worm food and you're done, you know? Yeah. And it completely changed my belief in um, in an afterlife, in reincarnation even, in um, in God. I completely mm-hmm. have zero doubts in God now. Not to say that I'm religious anymore because I don't go to church. I don't practice anything specific, but I definitely believe in God. Mm-hmm. So. There's a big difference between uh, religion and spirituality. We all know that for sure. And it sounds for like sure. you've really opened up your uh who you are as a spiritual person, you know, uh differently uh than just a religious believing person. And um and it feels like you're very connected to the universe actually. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh something I do want to say is when I came back and I ended up telling a family member about my experience, and this was months and months later, uh, uh-huh. They had mentioned um, that I had a because I, I like as you I told you I was adopted. I have uh-huh. an aunt Gladys um, there, and I don't. They said that she I was alive when she was alive, but I don't remember her. But they said uh-huh. I had an aunt Gladys that had died shortly after I was uh, you know when I was really young. And, oh, how um, great so is that? Now, I know. I was like, oh my god, are you kidding? So wow. Um, so I. So I would say it was a family member. She was a, one of my family members that actually met me on the other side and said, hey, you know, you got to go back. And apparently, um, didn't I pick up a woman during your reading watching over you very closely, loving you, nurturing you from the other side, right? You you did. You did. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is until this very moment, I hadn't even registered who that could possibly be until just right now. <laughs> <laughs> well. It certainly sounds like it was Aunt Gladys. And yeah. um wow, and and just that purple cloak and everything. You know, it's really funny because we um gosh, what dreams may come, uh ironically, uh the movie that uh Robin Williams had done when his wife oh, yeah. suicide. Yeah, and then seeing all of you know, like his children in different because you know, they had previously died, so that drove the mom to committing suicide. And um, but seeing them in different bodies and different nationalities, he couldn't tell who they were. So again, just like with Aunt Gladys, here you are seeing her in this, you know, this beautiful, you know, heavenly body with this purple cloak, uh, and you knew instinctively that this was Gladys. Her name was Gladys. You know, so that's your connection to knowing who it is. Interesting. Yeah, and literally until right now, I you're right. That is exactly who it is, without any doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, and apparently she's like a, a spirit guide or um, a relative who is just watching over you, like one of your guardian angels. That's really well, that's neat. That's great. It's very cool. I need somebody like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, don't we all? And we do. We actually all are blessed with having uh, spirit guides and angels that come and they watch over us, things like that. So, you know, you were talking about having other out-of-body experiences. Well, I know for sure I've had many. I've talked about them on the show. Uh, And we do have some callers we're going to get to, uh, listeners, um, people that like to ask questions. But when did you start realizing you were having out-of-body experiences, Tessa? Oh my goodness! It was um, it was shortly after that experience. Um, I because of that experience, I dove I mean headfirst into uh, spiritual uh, spirituality. Literally, I I went to meditation classes. I um, I read as many books. I mean, I'm literally a self help guru. I've read them all, and because <laughs> I I I was I was confused of why it happened and. And as soon as I started meditation, um, and it didn't matter what kind of meditation it was, if I could get quiet enough and listen uh, deeply mm-hmm. enough, um, I could always listen. So when I meditate, I always tune into this really high-pitched 
uh, tone. Um, sometimes you can hear it when somebody turns on a television. You feel that you hear that really high pitched tone, and I tune mm-hmm. into this really high pitched tone, um, and that's how I meditate. I literally can I hear it, and I always think it's like angels singing or something. And the second Beautiful. that I can hear that tone, I can literally exit my body. And when I leave my body, even um, when I left my body in my my death experience, and when I mm-hmm. leave my body now. I feel like I, I'm getting out of a really tight wetsuit. So that's kind of how I feel when I'm in my body. I'm cramped and I'm stuck in it. And when I meditate yep. and leave my body, I feel free and, um, and pain-free. You know, if I'm having aches and pains, I can, you know, I can meditate and literally sit next to myself in meditation and be, you know, free of pain. Not that I have a lot of pain, but... Um, mm-hmm. And and I just feel um, connected to everything. I feel like I'm one with the earth, one with with Mother Nature, one with every person in mm-hmm. this world. I, we're, I realize that we're all just one giant um, energy. Yeah. So yes. Well, it kind of sounds like, um, and thank you for acknowledging that, because I was talking with somebody about that earlier today. We are all completely connected. We're all part of the God Force, and um, and it's it's amazing. It's wonderful. So when you can connect in with each and every person at that level, it really can be an amazing experience. It kind of sounds like you've had some professional training for learning how to leave your body. Have you, or did it just start happening? Uh, no, I, I I took some meditation. Uh, I would do some yoga, and afterwards, you know, you'd meditate, and I'd be like, breathe, and, you know, become one with the earth. That doesn't work for me. Um, every time I would meditate on my own, I always could, I always heard this high-pitched tone, and I would always try to tune it out, tune it out, because, you know, they say, you know, clear your mind. Well, that's just BS. There's no way to clear your mind. So mm-hmm. I would literally, I decided that instead of trying to clear my mind and it would just clutter up with a bunch of monkey, monkey, um, monkey noise, I was going to tune into this high-pitched tone. It wasn't, it was very enjoyable to listen to. So, mm-hmm. um, and I can literally sit for less than five seconds and tune into this tone now. And the second I hear it, I am literally blank. I just listen. So, um, I didn't, nobody ever taught me how to do that, but anytime somebody asks me, you know, how do you meditate, how do you sit and do it, that's what I tell them. I I don't tell them to clear their mind. I tell them to listen. Listen to everything that's going on around you. Listen to, you know, if there's a bird outside, listen, tune into that bird. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, I have this high-pitched angel singing that I tune into, and um, it's instantaneous almost uh, at this point. Wow, that's wonderful. So so what have been some of your experiences? Well, I'll give you one of mine. I, I was working at okay. Excalibur Nightclub, and I ended up, I always like to take a nap before I'd go in because I'd work, you know, until like 2 or 3 or 4 in the morning. So I'd have to get a nap, and I'd start at 10 o'clock at night. And this one day I was sitting here becoming aware of the fact that mm-hmm. I am, and this is during the nap, you know, preceding going to Excalibur Nightclub to do my psychic readings. And uh, suddenly I was aware of the fact that I was zooming through the universe and the movie Stargate, if you guys remember the movie Stargate, when you go through that archway and all of the stars are shooting past you, that's what it was like. And and I suddenly felt myself getting alarmed, becoming alarmed, and I was going like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, where am I? I said out loud, and actually not, I mean, I heard myself consciously saying it, um, and I heard a voice saying, on the other end of the universe. <laughs> and with that, I was shocked. I bolted up in my bed. My heart was pounding. I was going like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> so so we could go anywhere. And oh, I sure. had yeah. been astral traveling, and I mean astral traveling, out in the universe to the other side of the universe. So that was one of my experiences. So what what was one of your experiences where you can describe it to the uh, our listeners so they know that if they've had any experiences, maybe they can relate to that as well? Well, I actually travel a lot, but I don't do it um, when I uh, when I consciously sit down to meditate. I can literally exit my body 
when I meditate, but I astral travel all the time in my sleep. And so I didn't used to remember. I, I used to know that I left and I kind of had a vague uh, memory of where I had gone and who I had encountered. And now, um, I, I, well, it's been many years now that I've been practicing this, but I literally um, tell myself that I'm going to remember my experiences when I sleep. And right. um, I'm not a huge sleeper. So when I do sleep, um, it's um, it's not real deep. But mm-hmm. every night before I go to bed, I always just say to myself, You're, you know, I'm going to remember. I usually say a prayer, and I say, you know, I want to remember my dreams. And um, But I can uh, vividly remember um, exiting my body. And, you know, when you exit your body, there's this, I don't know if you have experienced it, but I always mm-hmm. have this the same sound when I exit my body. It's almost like you're, um, and this is only the, how I see it, you're crinkling up um, newspaper. And that's when I exit my body, it reminds me of if I'm going to crinkle up newspaper and throw it in the wood stove or something. And that's mm-hmm. the sound that it, So I always know when I'm leaving my body. And um, But I also am fairly conscious and, and know that I can literally, um, I can either walk around through my house or um, and mm-hmm. I see other people times when I'm out of my body at night. You know, like I'll run across my neighbor. Everyone, I mean, it's kind of weird. Other people <laughs> are out of bodies. You know, astral traveling. But um, I can literally um, float up through my ceiling, and um, I, I'm I, I haven't ever actually experienced this, but I've been practicing, and I and I've I mean I've done this for years, um, but I've been practicing of thinking of a place and then just being there. But um, I haven't been able to go very far. I can, um, you know, think of a place and be out of my house or um, say, okay, I, I want to be, you know, um, at my mailbox and I can be at my mailbox. But I've never possibly uh, gone to India or, you know, I mean, I'd love to go to India and go sit in on somebody's meditation. So that's never yeah, actually yeah. happened. Well, this might this might be your test. I mean, this might be something for you to learn how to start doing because it looks like you're an avid astral projector and they state that we all astral project every night when we go to when we go to sleep they state that we automatically leave our bodies and go to different locations now you know uh some people might be listening to this and saying maybe this person is a lucid dreamer but what what you do when you're astral projecting is completely different than dreaming and completely different than lucid dreaming because the the unconscious mind will start creating things like symbols and images and you think you're in this situation that's kind of created by the mind. And in your astral projections, you literally have your consciousness that has left your body. You know who you are. You know uh, many times you might not know where you're at, but um, when I've done the astral projection, I normally know where I'm at. The one that I explained earlier, I didn't know where I was at. The spirits told me where I was at on the other side of the universe. I was good with that. You know, you were saying walking through your house. I had an experience where um, I wake up in the morning and I somehow had been thinking about my bills that morning. So I saw myself walking down the stairs and going into my office, looking at the bills on my desk, and walking into my hallway, and then walking into my kitchen, and looking at the beautiful arched window with all the sunlight coming in. And then I glanced upstairs at my bedroom door. Well, my bedroom door was closed, and I suddenly said to myself, oh, my God, why is my bedroom door closed? I'm up. And then I suddenly heard, because you're still asleep. (laughs) 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 And then... And then again, I got, I woke up in bed immediately and was going like, oh, my God, it was so cool. So yeah. I had been completely out of body going downstairs, seeing my, you know, my entire house, looking at my bills. And what I think when I look back at that is the fact that I wasn't touching my bills. I wasn't touching my desk. I wasn't touching anything. I was literally mm-hmm. walking through and looking at everything. So I was, I was completely present. And, uh... It's very, very fun. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this place. There's a place in Faber, Virginia, and I like mentioning it every so often when we talk about this. It's called the Monroe Institute. And oh, yeah, I'm very familiar with it. Have you gone? 
I haven't gone, but I, I've, I've investigated. I've read books. But I'm, I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, it's impressive. Now, let me tell you, I've been there at least six or seven times. And the programs they have, they have, um, it's on a mountain in, in uh, Faber, Virginia. The mountain is um, teeming with crystals, crystals, crystals in this mountain. So it's a very powerful uh, mountain. And it's amazing because Robert Monroe, who had been doing a lot of radio and TV work, suddenly one day found himself um, falling out of bed, as he said it, and looking over and seeing what he thought was a waterfall. And actually it was the chandelier on the top of the bedroom ceiling. He kind of gets familiar with what's going on suddenly. And as he looks down, which he's thinking he's looking up, but he's looking down, and he's seeing his wife in bed with a man. So being a little concerned, I guess, the way he explained it, he goes down, looks up at this man's face, and sees that it's him. Sees that he was sleeping, and he's aware, he's had this out-of-body experience. So for the next 40 years, he tries recreating that in every way, shape, and form for people uh, by inviting them in uh, to have a session with him, and he created what's called the Hemi-Sync process, which synchronizes both parts of your brain, and in doing so, by listening to these tones, and that's what you were just talking about, Tessa. You were talking about mm. a tone or a frequency or a vibration, and that catapults you out of your body. So that's something that Robert Monroe created years and years and years ago. And I've got to tell you guys, it's a fascinating place to go. If you guys want to learn about out-of-body experience, please go there. And... um all I can tell you is you're going to love it. I've loved it. I've seen many, many crazy things there. Um, oh, we could just talk about it all night, but we won't do that right now. But the Monroe Institute, uh, Robert Monroe, uh, Faber, Virginia, check it out online, you guys. It's really a fascinating place to go. So, so Tessa, um, you do it on a regular basis. Now, what does this provide for you? And then I'm, and then we're going to go to a couple calls after this because I want to make sure we get our callers in because uh, I know a lot of people love this topic and they might have a question or two or maybe they just need an answer. But what does this provide for you, Tessa, when you actually astral project? I mean, do you get a sense of relaxation? Does it free you from your worldly concerns? What what happens for you? Hmm. Uh, wow, that's a good question. Um, well, I, I'm I carry a lot of stress. Uh, I have a real stressful job, and I tend to um, decompress by meditation. But I would say um, it's just fun for me to do it. I like doing it. Um, it when I'm out of my physical body and it's just my my spirit, um, I don't have worries. I'm filled with as much love as I could possibly be filled with. But Amen. in my everyday life, uh, yeah, in my everyday life, when I'm in body at work, running around after crazy people, you know, and trying to, you know, manage the, <laughs> the office and everything, um, it's it's really fun for me, and um, I don't carry that kind of love in my everyday being. So mm-hmm. I like to I like to exit um, because I am immediately filled with this m- amazing vibration of love, and. You know, a lot of people don't understand. They they don't understand. Um, and I don't tell a lot of people about this. So you're kind of the first person I've really ever explained it to in depth like Thank this. You. But that that is probably um, the reason that I'm so adamant and so dedicated to um, out-of-body experiences. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would love to be in more control of mine. It's very interesting how you were talking about um, the Monroe Institute and when he was above his body. I actually mm-hmm. dated a man for a really, really long time, and um, often during the night I would see him. He would, I would have my hand on him in bed, and I would wake up, and he would walk in. I, I used to live on a boat, and he would walk mm-hmm. into our bedroom on the boat and lay right back into his body. I mean, he would be out of body often. And, How um, great and is I, that? Yeah, and I was still in my body, and I could still see him, um, you know, out of his body. Mm-hmm. And he never remembered mm-hmm. anything. It's not that he doubted me when I was like, wow, you were walking around last night, you know. It's not that he doubted <laughs> me because he had his own experiences. 
But, yeah, mm-hmm. I always thought, that is crazy. I can actually see him, and I am fully awake and in my body. So Now, um, this is going to be a crazy question. Crazy question mm-hmm. for you. Was he naked? Uh, you know what? I don't remember. It's not something I would ever remember. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. All right, now wait. There's, I, there's a reason for my question. I don't want people to think I'm getting freaky here. So, <laughs> in my other house in Cherville, there was a man that would walk around my house, and he was completely naked. And I knew the woman that died in that house was still there. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure she was released after, you know, I had my falling down the stairs experience because I bought the house and shortly afterward I fell down the stairs. And um, I, just to be honest with you guys, I actually, I kept saying, please give me a house where either somebody's got to sell and get out of there or maybe, you know, somebody died or something. They want to sell the house cheaper because <laughs> I want a good deal mm-hmm. in my house. And, of course, I got the ladder and it was where a woman had died. But she apparently was still there, and somehow I had the experience of the same thing she did. I fell down the stairs. I was like, wow, what happened? I, I didn't realize. And that's how she died. She had a stroke on the stairs and fell down the stairs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that so that was interesting. Well, anyway, I, I was familiar that she was there, but I think she left shortly after that. And then there was this man walking around, and he was naked. And I was like, and the... And the thing was, I kind of recognized him, not the naked part, you guys, but I recognized his face and stuff, and I thought, you little stinker, you're astral projecting, and you're coming into my house. So I just want to let people know that when people study astral projecting, you literally can learn how to. Many people leave out of the back of their neck. I think some people leave out of their solar plexus area. But you can learn how to leave your body and consciously will yourself to somebody else's house and kind of like psychically spy on them. Mm. So I don't know if people know that you can do that or not, but there are people that can really learn this kind of control over astral projecting. You learn, you kind of go out, you can say, I'm going to go to your, you can tell people, I'm going to go to your house, I just want to practice. And then they come back into their body after they left their body taken notes, you know, took down information, and then come back and say, by the way, were you at your desk at 10.15 last night and were you writing in your journal? And if they say yes and they validate you, then this gives them help in knowing that they're literally slipping out of their body, going to that location, getting information and retrieving it and coming back with it. Mm. That's a little freaky. So there's a lot you can do, but, but that guy in my house, he was naked, you guys. <laughs> So, Julia. Yes. Have you had any naked men walking around your house in spirit form, Julia? In spirit form. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if it was an open line question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, No. (laughs) No naked spirit here. There you go. So, have you done any kind of astral projecting, Julia, at all? Well, there was a dream I had told you about a long time ago. And on okay. that dream, that when I described it to you, because it was so vivid and it was so real, like I, I felt I was there. You said it was a form of astral projection. And it what was just kind of like a, it was a meeting of a friend. It happened to be a guy that I had a crush on when I was younger. And okay. I hadn't seen him for years and years. And I don't know if I was just on my mind that day or what, but I had a dream that we met in this open field. And it was a sunny, bright day on top of this hill, the, the, the hill. And, you know, it was like the grass was beautiful. It was a nice summer breeze. And we just met up there face-to-face, embraced, you know, kind of like just greeted each other casually. It wasn't anything, you know, freaky mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, and it was just this calm feeling saying that we were going to be friends forever. And wow. it was, just seemed so real and vivid, like an affirmation of our friendship because we grew up yeah. together. And I was like, wow, that seems so real. And I got this sense of peace from it and like, wow, I have a lifetime friend here, you know, that kind of thing. And you said it was a form of astral projection. But that it's never happened exactly again. Like a, a, that sounds exactly like um, an astral projection experience. Yes, it does. 
Yeah, and it's never happened ever since then. Not as vivid and felt like, it just felt like I was there. And I was just yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I woke up, you know, with this sense of peace and calm and content. And yeah. I thought, damn, well, that was a cold dream, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Did you ever well, see we, that movie um, where the girl is kind of in between life and death, and she's supposed to choose whether she wants to live or go with her parents who died in a car accident? No. What's the name of that? Oh, my God. Um, if I see you or if I see or, or stay or don't go. So it was recent. It wasn't too long ago that it came out. Um, I don't know if it's on video yet or not. i got to look it up. If and I stay, is that it? That's it, if I stay. If I stay. I've seen it. I've seen, I don't even know if I've seen the previews. If I stay, yes, I've seen that. I think it's all out in the theaters. I haven't seen the movie. No, cancel. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen that the movie's out there. Um Yeah. It sounds I like a movie. I think it's been in the theater that long. Yeah. Well, they, there are so many great movies out here about the spiritual world and stuff like this. There was a movie, and heaven help me, I cannot remember uh, the actress's name. Yes, I do. Reese Witherspoon. And she was in a movie where she was a doctor. So I, yeah, I love that movie. Spoilers in there. I love spoilers it. alert. I love that movie. Oh, I can't remember yes. the name either. Oh, yes. but I love that movie. Yeah, well, she's she's a, a doctor, and suddenly she's gonna supposed to be going to meet this guy at her sister's house, and she's not a big dater because she's completely, completely uh, committed to her job as a doctor, and so she finally goes to this date. She has a car accident, and the assumption is that she has died. Well, she suddenly then we you know shoot over to this guy in this looking for an apartment, and then they've got a month-to-month apartment open that he ironically gets. And suddenly this woman is appearing in his house saying, what are you doing here? Get out of my house. What? Oh, my God, you've got, you just put a water ring on my table. Get out of my house. And then they establish that she's not alive, or at least not at that moment. And it's really great because they find out that she literally is in the hospital in a coma. So she's lingering between life and death, and she's also astral projecting and uh, thinking that she's okay. Finally, she finds out that she's not okay. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. And uh, I think people should um, see if they can look it up, Reese Reese Witherspoon. uh, And, you know, I hope you can figure out the title. (laughs) You should be able to, though. It's not too old. So I'll try to find it before the end of the show. Good, thank you, thank you. Then we can then we can uh, give that number out. Well, I'll tell you what, we do have a couple of people online that have uh, some questions or maybe comments about our topic. So, who do we have, Julia? We have Elizabeth with Spring Run Line. Okay, Elizabeth. Yes. Um, hi, um, Julia. Hi. Um, yes. You know, I, I um, you came to my office one time around '95, and um, you came with a man who was a ghost hunter. And uh, you were amazing. You absolutely, my my business partner's mother was there. I knew she was there. She even answered our phone once when we were in. (laughs) Wow. You called her. You told me what she looked like. You told me what she was wearing, which would be totally in line with her. So I'm a a great believer in your abilities. That's a wonderful thing. Um, You know, you're talking about this out-of-body stuff, you know. I'm a little worried because I just got a a cancer diagnosis, and uh, okay. I'm going to need to go into surgery on the 21st. And I know okay. the moon's in Lincoln that day. And they said it's an aggressive cancer, so I can't wait till the mercury's out of retrograde or anything. Amen. So um, what what actually has happened when you're out of your, if they drug you into, you know, um, anesthesia? Or what, I mean, am I out of body at that point? Or am, I, I, I don't understand what happens to you. Um, is there any um, thing that I can do to safeguard myself, or what do you recommend? You know what, I'll, t- I'll tell you what we do. When uh, So my thought is, are you out of body? Many times it's like just going to sleep, only it's kind of more like an enforced sleep. 
and your mind is, uh, your consciousness is there. Now, you can either be in body or out of body. And um, I, I just want to say something, and I always tell people, if I'm wrong, I hope you please forgive me, but I just want to tell you, can I make a comment on what you told me about your cancer, Elizabeth? Sure, absolutely. I don't see you dying anytime soon, ma'am. Oh, good, because I'm actually terrified to go. I've never been under anesthesia, and, and I said, you know, they know that they, um, you know, they have to take out extra things because they're afraid it's spread. And I just found yeah. out uh, you know, a couple of days ago that I had it. I didn't even know. So it's kind of a all of a sudden shock. You're going in, and you'll be in there for a week, you know, and then you won't be able to move. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so it's all well, daunting. I want to tell you what we do. So um, what what we do in our family, because we're a family of healers and we always call on the uh, the high spirits and stuff, what we do before anyone goes into surgery in our family is that we go into the room ahead of time psychically and we clean the room spiritually, the surgery room, and the, and the room in which you'd be staying in the hospital. So that's what we do. And the way you would do that is you would visualize, you know, I say, you know, uh, God and all the angels coming in and cleaning that room spiritually. So it's completely white, clean, and clear of any kind of negative energy. And that's all the rooms. And then we call on the healers, uh, all of the dead healers uh, and healing angels to come in and work through the hands of the surgeons and doctors that will be working with you. And then we also ask for the healing angels to come in and be with you. And, and as, we're, as, as we're speaking this, I'm actually projecting this over into your situation, Elizabeth, so I just want to let you know that. And oh, we ask for all the Yes, ma'am. And we ask for all the angels to come in there and assist in the uh, accelerated healing process uh, for your body, and that's what we do. And we did this. The last person that had surgery in our family was my granddaughter, who had extremely huge um, tonsils. I mean, they said they were worse than any uh, adult that they'd ever seen, and adenoids. Oh, and they took out the tonsils and adenoids. And my granddaughter, and this is a true story because I've got pictures. <laughs> After surgery, she came out when she, when she came out of anesthesia. She was just like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and kind of perky, and the other kids on her floor weren't like that. Um, they were all hurting. I mean, she, you know, she had some pain, but she was like, "Can I have a popsicle?" And she was, she was pretty coherent, so she was in a good place. Oh, good. Well, that's wonderful. That's terrific. Uh, okay, so I have to get uh, get on my uh, my angels and clear the negative energy. I don't know that I can do that in the surgery room. I'll try no, 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 you're doing it just, just as we speak. As we speak, we're sitting there. Oh, and okay. So I'm going to ask all the other people in our listening audience, and I don't care if you guys listen to this as, as a podcast, the people that are listening today, if you guys would just visualize wherever the surgery room is that there's a bright beam of bright white light coming down and it's cleaning up all this spiritual energy and it's, it's filling up with the white light. And this is the surgery room that Elizabeth, Elizabeth's going to be in. And then you want to visualize the uh, room in which you're going to go to afterward, Elizabeth, and you see this room full of white light healing energy, angels surrounding you, you know, uh, just pumping you full of all this healing energy. And and that's what you're doing. And, and I've asked people to do it now, so it's already being done right now. Oh, well, thank you. I, I need all the help I can get, but not really because I know I... I have lots of uh, good energy around me and good angels and people, and I'm very. Uh, uh, I walk with Jesus, so I don't. Uh, you know, I know that uh, I've been very fortunate. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. I just wondered what happened. You say, know, when you. You know. Have you thought would, about getting uh, into any Reiki healers too? Uh, no, I haven't thought about anything. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Um, I would I would think about uh, going to a Reiki healer. Um, it doesn't matter if it's somebody out by in your neighborhood. Uh, my daughter does it. I do it. But if you can find somebody that you're very comfortable with out in your neighborhood, R E I K I Reiki healing. Um, oh, and I've also got another wonderful thing. You know, this is another another push for um, my one friend who's got the John of God, Gail Velope. 
She's got the John of God healing bed, and she is out in Lombard, Elizabeth. So, and uh, Gail has said that if people have had an issue, like they've had an experience with having cancer, that you can go to her healing bed for free. What does that entail? What is is that something you rent or what? What is that? Is it a bed or or? It's a it's a um, bed that you would go to her home on, and that you would uh, lay in the bed, and it's it is oh how can I say it? Underneath the bed there are these amazing crystals that are lining the bottom of the bed, and then and so you're laying on top of this on a mattress, and then above you are all these other like lights with crystals you know, pouring down over your body. Now, I've already had this experience at Gail's house. I've gone a couple of times. Oh, my God, it's an amazing experience. It's an amazing yeah. experience. So, well, maybe I after love surgery. Yeah. Oh, I um. would do it beforehand. <laughs> if you can do before and after, I think that would be wonderful. Um, if you guys are open, I'm going to give you Gail's number right now. So if you have a pen and paper, you guys... Uh, and I want to tell you that John of God is an amazing hands-on healer who channels many, many entities that actually do uh, psychic surgery. He does the psychic surgery. The spirits channel through him. He is an amazing healer. Um, so if you look up John of God on the Internet, he's from Brazil. Okay. You'll be able to get some information about him. You can then call Gail uh, Velope, and her number is uh, 630-674-0759. Again, that number, uh, this is for Gail Velope, the John of God Healing Bed, 630-674-0759. And, you know, um, you don't have to be sick to go have this uh, wonderful experience. You can just go um, if there's any physical, mental, emotional, anything going on, the spirits will come through this John of God healing bed, and they really will start doing a healing on you. It's wonderful. And and what what suburb is she located in? Uh, Lombard. Oh, Lombard. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Well, thank you very much for that information. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, Thanks for the good vibes. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work. <laughs> okay. Yes. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us tonight. And God bless you. And all of my prayers are positively with you, as many, many okay. prayers are with you tonight. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's a wonderful show. Okay. Have a great night. Thanks. Thanks. God bless you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. I have a question. So go ahead. Go right ahead. Okay. Now that... Tessa, you've had the out-of-body experience. If you had an issue where you knew you had a terminal illness, would you schedule your death? Hmm. Um, uh, Interesting. And the reason I brought that up is because there is a young woman who recently was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. And they moved to Oregon because Oregon has a state law where you can die with dignity. So, so you can actually Washington. schedule your death. Yeah. I live in Washington. So does Washington, actually. Uh, you have, yeah. uh, have less than six months, I believe. Um, yes. You know, uh, I doubt it because I am. I believe now that I've had this experience, first of all, I'm not afraid of dying at all. I'm a little afraid of the experience and the pain that I might have getting there. But I feel that we are here to um, uh, live this life and go through trials and tribulations to get to the death experience. And I think that is supposed to be the most amazing thing that we experience in our entire life. Whether Even if that, you're going to go through very harsh discomfort, pain. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I would, oh, I would good for you. I think... I think that um, I think that we're here for a reason, and you know, you're. T- I believe that you're. You can either, you know, a, a piano can fall out of the sky. If it's your time, and it's your time, that something's going to happen. Um, if you're meant to, um, and to experience suffering, um, there there's a reason. I believe that there is a reason, and hopefully you'll learn something from that. Whether it's to 
um, go through that experience in order to learn how to um, forgive people. Um, you know, I, I believe forgiveness is something that all of us really need to learn how to do. It's a really difficult thing to accomplish. And, um, you know, I, I really do believe that if we're going to suffer um, to our deathbed, and I, I believe there's a reason, and we need to learn from it. So, no, I would not schedule my own death. No, I wouldn't do that. Hey, wow. Julia, I want to yes. I want to bring this up, and I, I really – I really sometimes joke about this, but it's not a joke to me. You know when women go through childbirth, and for any of the women that have, you know, I I, I guess I want to say suffered through childbirth, because really when your uterus is opening up, it's stretching of a muscle that just isn't used to doing that, you know, except for while we're trying to catapult a little, you know, a little child, a little missile out of that part of the body. Um... To me, I've had, I've had, you know, three children. This was before the epidurals were the thing. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, when I think about what it's like to, you've got to get embodied in a little tiny body in the first place and squeeze through this little tunnel, so to speak, to get out here, you know, into the world, there's some pain that's associated with coming in and sometimes, and not everybody that crosses over goes through a painful experience, but, you know, I agree with Tessa that there's a reason that we're going through everything. And and for a lot of people, it's, it's not, first of all, it's not a painful experience. But for some people, it is. And again, a reason for everything. But I, I also liken it to the birth experience as well as the death experience. So. And I and I think from a different perspective that if when we have our pets and our pets have a terminal illness, we put them down so that they don't have to suffer mm-hmm. through the pain and and go through that. And witnessing someone who has gone through pain and suffering, um, and and basically someone with Alzheimer's that is left yeah. there basically to dwindle away because that's just the way it, how how it's approached. The body starts to shut yeah. down, but it can drag on. I just feel like why would you want to put someone through that misery and, and not make them feel comfortable? It's kind of like a DNR, do not resuscitate. Yeah. You know, why, you know, so I understood. I thought she was rather brave on, yeah. on her choice, but it was interesting. Well, you know what, I yeah, think, when I think about that too, I think about the fact that, it's you know so i'm i'm one of those people that i believe in miracles and i believe that god uh is in charge of all of this stuff and i know that we have a lot of control we do we we create certain things i've seen people come out of things and and suddenly i mean like my aunt out in california they had her written off i mean that was it and within a week you know, she's up walking and talking in the halls, and they're like, "This is not, this is not normal," you know. And um, well, anyway, and then I had done some, I had done some healing work on her, and um, anyway, so I believe that there are miracles, and certain things can happen. And you know, my friend George, who was going to die, they give him sixteen to eighteen months. That was over twelve years. So my thought is to cut something short. We don't know what the possibilities are of what could happen. You know, I just I just heard, I cannot believe this whole hour has passed, you guys. I swear, um, uh-huh. goodness knows. I I want to tell, uh, Tessa, thank you for coming and joining us on the show. I'd love to have you back again. Um, so before before they log us off here, Julia, I love you. Thank you so much for uh, being here with us again tonight, as always. And um, I just want to thank everyone for listening and if you guys would like to call in for a reading, you can reach me at area code uh, 219-940-9292. Um, we will be uh, going off very soon, but we will be back here next week. This is Your Psychic Connection, and this is Blog Talk Radio. So thank you all for joining us tonight, and um, please come again next week. Thank Good night, you. everybody. Bye-bye. 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.